You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning and welcome back to the All About Real Estate Edition. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my co-host and friend, Carol Morgan. Before we kick things off, we do want to thank New American Funding for being our 2020 show sponsor, our ninth year on the air. It has been great working with them so far in 2020. Look forward to the balance of the year with New American Funding. All right, good morning, Carol. This is going to be a cool project, a cool uh, conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Kick us off, please. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to learning more about what this group is doing. Some really, really interesting stuff. So I'd like to welcome April Stammel, the Senior Vice President, and Kevin Murphy, the Executive Vice President, with Newport to the show. Welcome, guys. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much. Nice to see you guys. It's a pleasure. I appreciate both of you making time to join us. I know you guys are busy, so grateful for you to uh, spend some time with us today. Uh, Gosh, as Carol said, I'm excited about this conversation. Uh, April, uh, kick us off. uh, Tell us all about Newport. What's your mission and purpose? Sure. So Newport is a real estate investment and development group. We're founded in Hamburg, Germany. So I've been doing a lot of real estate for probably the past 25 years over in Europe. The group over there always knew that they wanted to venture into the United States at a certain time. And in 2016, they felt the time was right. So the market was doing really great things over here. They wanted to add a new currency to their portfolio. And without knowing what their first project was going to be, they planted their headquarters a little bit blindly in Atlanta. I feel like that's partially because of our Southern hospitality, but it's also probably an easy nonstop flight for them. And it's on the Eastern time zone. And we're much cheaper than our Northern Eastern coast counterparts. So a lot of those things played into it. But they immediately hired a local team. And that team really started evaluating projects that they could start with all over the region and of all scales and sizes. They found themselves one day in downtown Atlanta, uh, right next to the state capitol, walking the streets in the neighborhood that we call South Downtown. And it was there that our CEO, Olaf Kuncott, if he was here today, he would say that he knew right away this is where he had to start. Over the 10 city blocks that they walked, they saw you know, rundown buildings, boarded up windows, but beautiful historic architecture, a really incredible street grid, very familiar to a European, and just a ton of opportunity around us between our central MARTA station at Five Points, like I mentioned, the Capitol building and City Hall, um, to our west, the $1.6 billion stadium at the time was being built in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And then to our south, the momentum around Summerhill and the new Georgia State Stadium and all that that was happening. And then to our north, you know, Midtown and the Central Business District of downtown. So he just felt like the opportunity was unmatched here. So right away, he charged the local team to buy as many buildings as we could. And at that point in time, our goal was about 50% of the privately held buildings in the area. Over 18 months, we actually got to 48 buildings which equals about 80% of the privately held buildings in this area. And again, our, you know, if you think about the area, it's five points is our North Star. The Garnett Marta Station, our I-20 is our South. Mercedes-Benz Stadium is right to our West and then the Capitol Building to our East. So just an incredible space that really is the heart of the city 
that just hasn't given been paying much attention to in the last 10 or 20 years. So that's us. And so we spent 18 months acquiring these buildings and now have switched to focusing on redeveloping and restoring those buildings and bringing this area of Atlanta back to life. Wow. What a great area. And 48 buildings. My show notes say that's eight blocks over eight blocks. Is that accurate? So what's yeah. your plan for the area? You know, Kevin, you want to kind of give us an overview of what comes next now that you've uh, acquired this massive property? Sure. So, you know, it's, it's, as you can imagine, a pretty complicated exercise. We're working at a lot of different scales. We're working at the individual building scale. These buildings are really historic. There are many of them, most of them over 100 years old. The particular kind of vintage of buildings, old masonry brick buildings with, you know, with heavy timber that really aren't buildable in today's environment. But again, we're working from an individual building to the block scale and then up to really a neighborhood and, and city scale. This really is eight plus full city blocks uh, downtown. And so doing, you know, the hard work here, really trying to envision what this needs to be in five, 10, 15 years and really trying to, to think through for, for generations and multiple generations on how we can revitalize this portion of the city. A lot of the holdings right now are, are parking lots as well. And so we have this great mix of great walkable, great scale. You can get off at five points. You can walk all the way through our site. You can get to Mercedes Benz. You can come down for games and events that are happening there and then walk to Garnett. And so, you know, really trying to figure out how that connectivity works and how this neighborhood connects to the larger city, connects down to the airport as well, very, very conveniently. And so really trying to figure out how to take the existing buildings here, the historical buildings, which is really the unique feature of these things, and turn them into a great neighborhood, a great destination where people really want to be for retail, for offices. And then, you know, once that's done, really the next kind of subsequent phases are taking these parking lots that have been, you know, just kind of chasms in the neighborhood grid and filling them in with, with high density uh, residential to build this into a real 24-hour neighborhood. The zoning down here is really incredibly favorable. I was in New York working for the past 15 years. I'm an Atlanta native. But there, you're lucky to get a 10 or a 15 FAR, which kind of guides on how much you're allowed to build on your square footage. And down here in South Downtown, because we are really urban core, uh, really well connected with transit, you know, we start at 25 on our properties. So we have literally millions of square feet that we can build down here. And so really trying to figure out what that balance and scale is between these two or three story historical buildings up to what could be 60, 70 foot skyscrapers on a real skyline is something that we're thinking very, very carefully about. And, and we want to make sure that we can honor the neighborhood, exalt, honor kind of the history of the buildings we have here, but really balance that with something that'll be built for the 2020s, 2030s and beyond. So, you know, again, very, really compelling, really interesting stuff and, and just trying to figure out step by step how to get through all this in, in a really positive way. This is music to my ears to hear the focus on this area because it is really such a dynamic area. Now, early part of my career was in politics, so I spent a lot of time in that neighborhood around the Capitol. I mean, has anyone ever really stopped and looked at City Hall? It's an absolutely stunning architectural uh, masterpiece, and I don't think most people even know what it is, you know, when they drive by it. Uh, you know, and many people have, have ridden through Five Points on, on the train, but most Atlantans have never been streetside. Talk about it, an intriguing, culturally unique part of, of our community. And everyone loves Buckhead and everyone loves Midtown, but I don't, downtown, uh, particularly South Downtown, there's so much there. And I, I'm so enthralled with, with where this is going. I mean, there's 
there seems to me to be some pretty intriguing opportunities with supporting local artists and some really interesting boutique kind of shops and restaurants. I mean, that's, that's part of the long-term thinking here, yeah? Absolutely. I think we benefit from having European ownership. They true. I mean, when you talk about art and culture, they truly believe that that is one of the key components which helps drive success in areas, especially redeveloped areas. Our founder, Olaf, did that in East Berlin when the wall came down. He was a really big part of that resurgence and starting schools and art galleries. And that's how he, he by chance, became a developer. So I think that's ingrained in, in our bloodline as a company. And that's a huge benefit. I'll also say... Just in general, over time, before we even came here, art and culture was already a part of this neighborhood. So while the community may not be vast by numbers, the passion is here. There are people that live here. There's a lot of people that work here. And then there are small retailers and art groups that found their homes here. And so we want to continue to make sure that is still part of the story long term. It's going to change. I mean, that's part of development. But at the same time, we know that that's a huge part of what Southbound Town is and what it has been. And so we want to reflect that in its future and what it's going to be also. That is so exciting. You know, the people who work down there and live down there already are going to be so appreciative. And the people who are going to live down there of this, um, you know, European charm and the, the flavor of Europe and all the little sidewalk cafes, I can just picture it already. And I know you're already starting to make your mark. So you have recently announced your plans for 222 Mitchell. Tell us more about that building and what that entails. So I'll let Kevin go into more detail, but from a grand scale, 222 is a little over 300,000 square feet. It's our biggest holding, and it was built originally as uh, a bank building. So CNS Bank, which then became purchased by Bank of America, uh, used it as their Southeast headquarters. It's three individual buildings that were combined over time and is still just, I mean, it sits on a whole city block. It's enormous. And so we purchased it because it's such a huge asset in the neighborhood and something we know we needed to have. But we spent a lot of time scratching our heads trying to figure out what it needed to be in its future life. And that has been a big part of what Kevin has led on our team. And I think we came up with a beautiful result. It's, it was built as an office building, so it really wants to be an office building again. And we don't have Class A office on the south side of downtown. So it'll be a Class A office, just a little over... Uh, 200,000 square feet of office space with really large floor plates and flexibility. Um, We'll have about 70,000 total square feet of retail, and that'll be activating the ground floor on all sides of the building. So really making it this porous, open experience for people. Um, And then we have about 25,000 square feet on the rooftop, which will be a restaurant and a private event space. And it offers incredible views of the city because there aren't any tall buildings right next to us. So you get expansive views. So really excited about the project. And I'll let Kevin share a little bit more detail. Sure. Yeah, this was a really critical for one for us to get started on early in our development process. It is the largest building we have. It does take up a full city block. And it is on the western edge of our site. So really uh, adjacent to another large project here in Atlanta, the Gulch. And so um, there is a lot of activity kind of right there on that corner. There is a residential building coming up and potentially a hotel coming up. And so really thinking um, long-term about where we can get the most activity in the bank from our buck, making sure that our investment is kind of amplified by, by other investments downtown. So starting at 222, thinking that that's got enough density and enough size to it. So 
it'll really be a, a draw and a catalyst to make it a really active node here in our neighborhood. And then again, the idea is that the rest of the development and the rest of kind of the energy comes forth from that. So spending a lot of time figuring out again exactly how the building needs to lay out and what what's going to be most attractive in the market. Obviously, the end of office retail is that just changed pretty dramatically in the past six months as we're going through this. But I think quite honestly, where we are in our development cycle and being able to be responsive to the changes of COVID and we can dive into that a little bit later are really critical. If we were call it a year later, we'd be pretty baked in on what we were what we were doing and what we were delivering. And so. I personally feel that our timing has been really uh, great with this, the best of a terrible situation, we'll call it, right? So that we can really be responsive and think about kind of the future of office. And, and I will say having the largest floor plates in Atlanta, I think, gives us that flexibility to be really attractive to new businesses and companies who are thinking about how they're going to work and how their people are going to work in the future. So as April said, you know, large, really large floor plates, it is three existing buildings. So one of the great things about us is if somebody wanted to come in and take 50,000 square feet or 30,000 square feet, we have the optionality where you can have your own front door. You can essentially have your own set of elevators. So the building can divide up in a really uh, a lot of great ways. We have, um, since I've been on board, which is about a, a year now, again, transitioning into development, we really rethought our team and brought in some really great local Atlanta partners using a design architect S9 from New York, but again, the rest of our team really local here and really passionate about making sure that this becomes a great property. So given a lot of really thought, being able to walk down to the site, just kind of feel feel the energy on the street and feel how these interventions are going to really take a building that was designed as a bank, right? Something that's really solid. You don't want people in. You don't want to get robbed. There was an elevator that gets up to the, to the roof. There used to be a helicopter to... to oh, wow. Yeah, to helicopter the gold bricks away. And how do you really flip that whole thing inside out? So you want to get as many people in there as possible. You really want to get the attention and you want to get the activity. in. So some significant interventions, obviously, uh, really opening up the entire ground floor, building uh, nine ground floor retail bays. Uh, right now, pretty large. Those could get subdivided if, if that feels better going forward. And then, as April said, a couple of rooftop spaces that are really tremendous. So we think just kind of really thinking through this on how the office needs to work and how people want to be down there. The building is large enough. It could be, you know, it could be a significant uh, office tenant. It could be their their corporate headquarters. It could get divided up in a lot of smaller ways if there's a lot of energy and we need to get, you know, that's kind of what the market is demanding. So building in a lot of flexibility is really critical, especially in these kind of these odd times when companies are really rethinking about how they're going to be working in the future. Obviously, I think being connected to transit helps that tremendously. People really going to want, continue to want that long term. And so just giving ourselves the opportunity here to take a building that has been neglected for 20, 30 years and really rethinking it, making sure it's really porous. People can come through the site. People are drawn. One of the most kind of exciting features I think we're working on is there was an old parking lot or an old parking deck on the corner of the site. You know, we're tearing down a parking deck and we're, we're building a park. Nice. Um, and for the city of Atlanta, that's pretty rare. The city of Atlanta has been notoriously, I would say, kind of dependent on car culture. Mm-hmm. And I think with our European founders and, and being center city here downtown, we are taking a very different view on that. We really do think that walkability, transit-oriented development really is the future. And so reducing the reliance on cars, really encouraging and bicycling and, and, and walkability. And so drawing this great park on the corner here and, and for, for the office users, but also as a, as a really draw, as a first draw for the neighborhood and building that community space, 
I think is something that's going to be really, really positive and, and, and an important statement and a point of view from Newport on how we expect the neighborhood to develop more public spaces, more community spaces, less cars. The street plan for Mitchell Street is really critical and how we are working to reduce the lanes on all of our streets, really make sure that that walkability, widening the sidewalks is something that and is part of our vision is really critical. Uh, street cafe seating, which has actually just become legal here in Atlanta, which is great timing because obviously with COVID, people want to be able to eat outside. That helps tremendously. You're seeing in Europe, you're seeing in New York, people are shutting down streets, making them pedestrian only. And it's incredible. And I think that people are learning to love that and are not going to want to give it up. So I think that's been part of our plan uh, since the very beginning is really this great street plan bulb outs and really uh, making sure that the connectivity and the activity on the streets is, is really amplified. Are you ready to own a home, but don't know where to start? Speak to a local expert at New American Funding. Get pre-qualified and start looking for your dream home. They make home buying easy and convenient with a variety of home loan options. New American Funding is devoted to helping families finance their home because they want everyone to achieve the American dream, home ownership. New American Funding's technology is what sets them apart, whether connecting with your home loan professional in person, online, or through the app, they are there to answer any questions. Call today to get pre-qualified. For more information, call 678-898-3540. That's 678-898-3540. Exciting stuff. Goodness, if all you do is 222, I mean, you're going to dramatically change South Downtown. That's exciting to, to think about the possibilities there. Any other revitalization plans that you can uh, hint at? Or I also would love for you to speak on, on the, the whole acquisition process of all of these structures. I mean, that had to be a pretty uh, significant project in and of itself. So I can talk a little bit about something else we're working on, and then April can jump in about the acquisitions. Again, I've only sure. been here about a year to take over to the, the the development role, but the acquisitions was certainly a whirlwind before I uh, came on board. We are also, in addition to 222, we are working on the north side of the street, same block, Mitchell Street. We are renovating there a series of buildings that we own that used to be old hotels. The streets are historic called Hotel Row. Those, again, are, we're delivering 10 inline retail spaces there. And those are kind of smaller, more traditional historic retail spaces like you'd find in New York, you'd find in many other places. The, store core, you know, 12 to 15 feet wide, 1,500 square feet. And so those buildings, again, historic National Registry. And we've taken a lot of time to take out all the renovations that have happened over time. You know, when a building's 100 years old, it gets renovated in the 40s, it gets renovated in the 60s, it gets renovated in the 80s. And we've really gone through and, and what was a very bland and nondescript 80s office building started to peel those layers out one at a time. And you get past the carpet and you hit linoleum tile and you find older linoleum tile. But as you start to take all of these pieces and parts out, when you get it all out of there, you get this 100-year-old skeleton and it's got incredibly interesting mosaic tiles. And each one of the different retail days has this old historic tile that we found. You know, we take out all of the, the crummy walls and you find these really gorgeous, heavy timber beams and this old historic connection pieces that, again, just by the vintage of the, of the wood and, and totally impossible to build again today. So we found this really incredible, unique thing that I think that are going to be just kind of just emotionally really 
uh, incredible from people walk into these old spaces and they've been totally opened up to these old warehouse buildings that they were designed as. They, they feel great. You walk inside, you get really excited about it. So those buildings are being delivered as office. They're much smaller, about 35,000 square feet of office, uh, 10 retail spaces. And so those will be coming online in about a year. And the idea is that both sides of the street here, again, with the street revitalization, so critical to bring that energy down. So, you know, our goal is to have, you know, call it 20 great restaurateurs and shops and really bring enough density, enough energy down there to really make it attractive. And then obviously the office will come on top of that as, as, as part of the whole thing. And that street will be really rocking and rolling. You know, you'll be able to get off at five points and again, even, you know, next season or, and go have a drink and go have something great to eat and go see a game at Mercedes Benz or go see Atlanta United. And then, um, you know, so that's, that's really what we've been focusing on for this first year. Again, a lot of other smaller buildings throughout that are, we're taking the ones that taking a hard look at the buildings that are standalones with 48 buildings. Each one has kind of their own challenges and their own opportunities, we'll call it. And so some of them are size where they work really well as a standalone. Some of them don't. Some of them are, it's frankly impossible to bring them up to kind of modern code, fire code, life safety code. And so we'll have to think about a portion of these buildings so, you know, a lot more seriously, a lot, a lot uh, maybe combinations where you can't have a single building. So we're really focusing on the ones that, that are the, the easiest lift or the, the kind of the first opportunity so we can get the energy down here and really start to transform the neighborhood. Mm. It doesn't make sense for us to work for years and, and develop something that's only three or four or five or six years out if we can start today on the easier buildings, start making this a great neighborhood. Yeah. And just to touch back to your question, Todd, about acquisitions. So that local team I mentioned that Olaf hired right away, um, they worked fast and furiously. And I think one of the benefits that they had was they were a new company in the US. So they didn't have baggage or a reputation. They were really forthcoming with who they were with and what they were trying to accomplish. So they knocked on doors, looked at tax records, made cold call phone calls, and really just told people, we're new, we're a European-based company, we're trying to do something really great for the city of Atlanta. This is where we want to do it. Are you interested in selling? And I think if some of those people were here today, they would tell you that the stories behind the response you know, varied from people who weren't even aware that they owned the building because it had been generationally passed down over so many years to people who were the retailers inside of their own building that they bought 80 years ago. And that happened. So, I mean, the stories were incredible, but I think it was that transparency and ownership of our plan Mm -hmm. that, you know, even if people didn't say yes right away or their price was too high right away, I think Newport started to get a little bit of a reputation that I think these guys might actually be doing something different. I think they might be trying to do something bigger. So maybe actually this isn't a bad idea to sell to them. And, you know, one of the things that we've always said is, you know, in order for this neighborhood to change the way we feel like it's going to, uh, it needed something like this. We think this would have happened anyways. It just would have taken a lot longer. You know, because if you're one individual building owner, you may not invest a million dollars in your own building if your neighbors aren't going to. Right. But then on the flip side, if you do invest a million dollars in your building and your neighbors invest a million dollars in their building, everyone's going to go for the highest paying tenants. And what does that create? That doesn't create a diverse urban New York-like setting where you have a bodega next to a coach store. And so like we wanted to be able to control a little bit of that, being able to have that diversity of retailers and office tenants inside of what is the urban core of the city. 
So oh, um, it was fun. It, it was it was a whirlwind of 18 months, but we accomplished a lot. And I don't think our, our acquisition work is done, but we certainly are very content with the amount we have ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Well, that answers my question or one of my questions I was going to ask if you're still acquiring buildings, but it sounds like, yes, indeed you are. So if we have listeners that have something they want to sell, then you know at the end of the show, you can tell us how they can reach you. I guess the next question is really, you know, how has COVID affected your plans and how does that look when, it, when we're looking you know, out into the future about retail and office spaces? What are you doing differently to address that? It's a great question. Certainly something that's been a topic of conversation internally since March. Kevin's right that the development that's happening now with Hotel Row and 222 Mitchell is in a great time because we're able to be a bit reactionary. We had yet to go kind of proactively lease the spaces. So we're just on the heels of getting ready to do that. And I think our, our strategy has changed. Uh, for retail tenants, we know that, you know, specifically the spaces along Hotel Row that'll deliver first, they're smaller, which we think is going to fit really greatly into what retailers are looking for right now. They don't want huge dining rooms. They don't know how they would use huge dining rooms. So it's really about the kitchen and the amount of work that they can put out for carryout, delivery, or catering. So we think we have great spaces for that. I think on the office side, the between the host Historic Hotel Row, office building in 222. Again, we are stressing flexibility. If you are one user and you want 20,000 square feet, you can have your own lobby and your own couple floors. And you, know, you can own your own space, which we think is going to be more and more important for office tenants. And I think our timing works out. I mean, I think we're all hopeful for a vaccine to come, you know, call it early next year. And so if that truly happens and, you know, there's... There, we think that it will quickly turn the tides for people really wanting to get back out and grow their businesses again and get their feet back under them. And so we've also thought a lot about how we structure leases and you know how can we be a partner to tenants coming in, um, wanting to start their business or wanting to grow their business or restart their business. Um, how can we provide terms that really work with them and make sure that they are successful amidst some really uncertain times? Um, so I think all those things together, we still feel really confident that as we go out to proactively lease the spaces, uh, just because of the uniqueness and the soul and the character of the spaces, we're still going to have a lot of success. I would agree with you. We're going to come out of this at some point and people are going to want that uniqueness and that character and that soul and how they live their life, both uh, professionally and, and personally. So I, I think it's going to be a beacon for how people are going to want to be living, certainly in, in uh, Metro Atlanta. All right. Well, guys, unfortunately, though, I wish we could talk more. There's so much more I'm sure we could dive into, but we're about out of time. April, I'll ask you to do this for us. Uh, should anyone need to connect with Newport and learn more about what's going on and timetables and how they might, uh, as Carol alluded to, perhaps uh, become a part of this, where do they go? So the best place to find us is on uh, our website, which is South Downtown, but spelt differently. It's southdwntn.com. From there, you can access some of our leasing information for available properties and also connect with us on social media. Instagram is our preferred channel. We're very responsive. We're super accessible. We work downtown every day. And one of the favorite things that we love to do is invite people in to our marketing center and on the streets. We do it safely. We wear masks. We stay socially distanced. But if you are in Atlanta and you're interested and you want a little bit of a behind-the-scenes preview into what we're talking about, please reach out. We'd love to take you on a tour. Mm, That would be exciting. April Stammel, Senior Vice President, and Kevin Murphy, Executive Vice President, both of Newport. 
April, Kevin, it was a great pleasure to have you. Thanks again for joining us and good luck with this uh, exciting project. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Well, that wraps this week's All About Real Estate Edition. On behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, my co-host, Carol Morgan, I am Todd Schnick. That's all the time that we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And we'll look forward to seeing you again right here tomorrow. We'll see you then. Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.